Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Well, hello, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Closer Look for Hartford. I'm K-Love's Peter K. Tonight, we're taking a closer look at overcoming addiction. My very special guest this evening is from Community Renewal Team. She's the project director for their medication-assisted treatment. Her name is Casey DeRosier. Casey, welcome to Closer Look. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you on the program. I want to jump right in because we've got a lot to cover. Let's start with a success story, someone that you've been able to positively impact because of their affiliation with CRT. We have many success stories. I'm very thankful and grateful for that. One success story that really jumps out to me is a recent success story that we plan on publishing by the end of December for this coming year annual report. So be on the lookout for that, Peter, is a gentleman who is in his 60s, believe it or not, has had a long road of addiction, criminal behaviors, incarceration. He lost his son to violence. He has been born and embruted in Hartford, so he is not shy of the violence that occurs in many of the communities. He was referred to a community renewal team, engaged in the IOP program. He was referred by his probation officer, so he came to us on legal standards, and he was actively using heroin. We were able to safely induct, which means basically... He needed to be in withdrawal, which is a very painful experience when you are trying to detox yourself off of opioids, which could be fentanyl, heroin, Vicodin, Percocet. He was able to come to us in withdrawal and go through that pain. We tried to comfort him as much as we could possibly by giving him symptomatic medication, comfort, and giving him Suboxone. And after a few days, he was safely inducted on Suboxone, and he just celebrated his one-year sobriety with us. Just the other day, he came on site to check in with us. He asked for kits of Narcan. He is giving back to the community of Hartford by saving lives. And what he said to me was, you saved my life, and I'm helping save others. Did you see a different person when he came back to say thank you and to to ask about the Narcan? He definitely had more energy, (laughs) to say the least. But to tell you the truth here, he did have a shine. He did have a light. You know, with addiction, your, your light goes dim. You become in a dark place mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. But with this particular individual, he had such a good heart. He still had that throughout his his dark times with CRT. I can't say that it was a tremendous difference, but it definitely showed that he's in a better place and he couldn't be more thankful. And he actually got off of probation with us as well. So he came in after doing a number of years in federal prison, came out to us on probation, federal probation, and now he's off of papers. In this particular case, this gentleman you said was in his 60s, is there a particular age group that you are finding is more and more at risk of using? At risk or using or using that I see? Both. 
Definitely the at risk of using, I would say we're finding more and more that starting earlier in age. What I like to say is you're taught about the monsters under your bed, but you're not taught the monsters in the medicine cabinet. I think that's very real and true. I think that with the partying nowadays has changed with regarding the substances that are around. The exposure is out there. Families are definitely still struggling. Generational curses are still occurring. I would say from anywhere from 16 to 22, we're seeing that overdoses are occurring, which never that we noticed were before, but the population that I most see in my doors is the ages from 20 to, I would say 35. And it's mostly Caucasian and Hispanic males. What do they all have in common? They all have in common that they want to change. They, they don't want to go back to prison, right? Finding that way of how to change and what works for them is definitely a common denominator. But They mostly have similarity of they've been incarcerated or have been arrested before. Their family relationships are estranged. They're not where they need to be for employment or housing opportunities. Their relationship with their children is estranged. Definitely the road and consequences of addiction has put a big dent in their life and livelihood. And it's CRT's duty and empowerment to get them to where they thought they could never be. Again, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Closer Look on 106.9 Hartford's Positive, Encouraging K-Love. She's Casey DeRosier. Casey is the project director with Community Renewal Team's Medication Assisted Treatment. I'm K-Love's Peter K. Casey, what's the best way in which to get a hold of you with a, a question or comment? Actually coming on site, I have been employed here at CRT located at 330 Market Street in Hartford. It's right near Goodyear Tire, right in back of the Hartford Yard Goat Stadium. And or give me a call. My cell phone number is 860-549-3350. And that's 549-3350. Casey, a lot of folks are uncomfortable with giving out a cell phone to complete strangers. Why is it that you do that? It's something I can't explain, Peter. It's something that just comes with who I am. I don't believe in red tape. This is an addiction that has taken out many lives and it continues to. Families are being broken. Mothers are burying their children. And I don't believe in saying no. You know, if there's a will, there's a way. I have a cell phone. And if that's your opportunity to get help and and contact for help, well, you have my number. A moment ago, you had mentioned that some of the folks that you deal with, one of the things that a lot of them have in common is the idea of uh, basically uh, incarceration and lives just kind of spiraling a bit out of control. Do you find that folks need to reach their bottom in order to reach up for help? I do. I do believe, though, that prevention and treatment along the way does help. Some individuals feel that it doesn't because the individual is not ready. But you do absorb. You do listen. You have ears to listen. You remember things. And that does play a part, especially with the people you come in contact with. Whether you come into treatment today and you're not ready, but you remember 
that particular person that cared about you and, and tried and was able to f- make you feel comfortable and support you later on down the road. And you're like, I need to go find her. I need to go to CRT. I need to locate that number. It, it resonates and it can be a tool that you can use that saves your life one day. Let's say hypothetically that I am using Mm-hmm. But I don't feel as though that it's controlling me. I feel as though I've mm-hmm. got a good handle on it. What mm-hmm. would you tell me and how would you define addiction? So many answers to that question, Pierre. <laughs> um, you know, we have many individuals that despite losing their children, despite going into incarceration, despite overdosing or contracting hepatitis C or even HIV that they feel that they don't have a problem to drugs. To them, they're still in that denial phase. There are stages in which an individual can come to self and identify that they want to change their behavior. It, it is by self. So our job is just to motivate that individual and continue to support them and look at the pros and cons, what they want to change. If it's well, I want to get a job, but I need to get drug tested. Well, then obviously your addiction or your inability to stop using a substance that has consequences to your life is a problem. So let's talk about it. Like I said, Peter, it's hard to answer that question. There's many, many answers, but that's just one of them. For years, we've been hearing about the opioid epidemic. What is an opioid An opioid is a narcotic substance that is in the form of Percocet, Vicodin, Oxycodone, fentanyl, as we know, as the fentanyl epidemic has come to surface, heroin. Those are just some of the examples of an opioid that either can be prescribed or you can buy it from the street, which means it's illicit. Again, we're taking a closer look at addiction tonight on Positive Encouraging K-Love 106.9 for Hartford. I'm K-Love's Peter K. She's Casey DeRosier. Casey is the project director with Community Renewal Team's medication-assisted treatment. Again, Casey, give out the ways in which we can connect with you, and I know you're going to want to give out that cell number as well. You can contact me by looking at our website. It is CRT. CT.org. You can also look on our Facebook page. Also, we are located at 330 Market Street. We are right near Goodyear Tire, right in back of the Yargoat Stadium. Staff is on site Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4, 4 30 p.m. And my cell phone number is 860-549-3350. Again, that was 860-549-3350. Is the medication-assisted treatment, or or MAT, is that what you consider like an outpatient program? And also, how confidential is it? How much control do I have as a participant? Our program is outpatient. Our location is all outpatient therapy and medication services, as well as case management. And regarding to confidentiality, when you come in for an intake, that's what you basically review and sign with us is your HIPAA going through of who's your support and do you want to have them contacted? And if not, I definitely like to review with them. Addiction is very challenging at times, at all times, (laughs) and especially when you're early on. It's really 
difficult to stay engaged in treatment when you're early in recovery and you have that demon or that monkey on your back or whatever people call it, you know, in your ear and tempting you as you're trying to get your life back. So I always ask who can I call if I can't get a hold of you to make sure you're okay? And that seems to be very receptive to the individuals that come through our door. I think that's really important as well because we want to get you through six months. They say six months to a year is really the, the testing time of your addiction when you're trying to regain back a life or your life that is. So having people in your network or finding people in your network is so important to get through this. What services do you provide at MAT and are there services that you outsource that are already in the community? We try to stay in-house. So we have therapy that's in-house that all clients are to engage in either group individual therapy when they're receiving medication from our site. I supervise two staff. Those two staff are to have a caseload of individuals that are prescribed Suboxone from CRT and they follow them. They follow them everywhere, Peter. The greatest thing about CRT is we don't discharge. If you don't come to a few appointments, we're not closing your chart. Like I said, we're looking for you. We're trying to find you. We're trying to support you. What happens? What were you going through? Reach out to us. Let's come up with a plan. And individuals that go into inpatient program, which can range from 30 to 90 days, we contact that provider, we get a release, and we keep your chart open. So when you return, you have a safe and immediate access plan to continue with your progress. And, Peter, individuals that become incarcerated. So we serve a lot of parole stipulated clients. And oftentimes they will be remanded to custody because of a violation. I coordinate with Osborne Correctional Institution, York, with the counselors to see when about they would be getting out and get them immediately, Peter, immediately from prison. So they have a chance of getting back on track and not using overdosing and dying. I want to play devil's advocate with you for a moment. But when you talk about drugs like Suboxone, folks can tend to think, okay, well, you're just substituting one drug for another drug. What would you say to that? Uh, We definitely get a lot of stigma and controversial comments like that, either from family members or from the clients themselves. You just work with them with their philosophy, you give them education, you give them statistics. This is a disease model. And now MAT is being looked at just like when somebody has diabetes and needs their insulin. This medication keeps them alive. It keeps them safe. It is regulated at a therapeutic dose. It is monitored. It's an ability for individuals to regain their life without opening Pandora's box and and becoming addicted to illicit substances on the street, which is way more lethal, as we know. And additionally, Suboxone is an opioid antagonist, which basically blocks the effects of other opioids on your receptor sites in your brain. So if somebody was to relapse, and mind you, this is not just a pathological disease, it is also physical. So If you don't change your people, places, and things, even though you have a protective factor and you're medicated, you might engage in the behavior because it's a habit, right? So if you end up buying a bag of heroin and you use, you're most likely not going to feel those effects 
of the heroin, which means you do not get high and you have a chance of not overdosing and dying. Suboxone definitely, in my opinion, and in many of my clients' opinion, saves lives and has changed many. I'm a big believer in team save a life. We got you to survive one day. How do we get you to survive the next? And that's basically what it is. It's a treatment plan. Individuals can get off of Suboxone through supervision. You don't have to stop cold turkey. Many individuals have successfully completed what they feel their treatment plan is regarding Suboxone. It got them through a really rough time in their life. They're working now. They're engaged. They just are living life and they they know they have a lifelong addiction. One of my clients has gotten off of Suboxone and switched to the Vivitrol shot. He couldn't be more happier. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity to be able to live a life, a normal life with MAT. We're speaking with Casey D. Rozier. Casey is the project director with Community Renewal Team's Medication Assisted Treatment. I'm K-Love's Peter K. This is Closer Look on 106.9 Positive, Encouraging K-Love for Hartford. Casey, when you talk about relapsing, is relapse part of recovery? Of course. If people make mistakes, nobody's perfect. You fall down, you get back up. But the important part is you get back up and you get back up with knowing what you need to do or knowing who to call. CRT likes to be a part of that safety plan for those individuals. Is there a common misconception that you come across about folks who are dealing with addiction? That they could do it on their own. Granted, you have to make the choices, which means that you do it on your own. But With this disease model, it affects not only the individual, but their family, their livelihood, their health, their spirit. It affects everything and it can ruin everything. When you're going through tough times, usually the people that you call on have a bias because they love you and you hurt them or they used to get high with you. You really need to understand who you could talk to, what you need to do to get yourself back on track and how to get through a moment. Everyone has a moment of, I don't want to say weakness, but has a moment where they have a thought of wanting to do or act on impulse of a behavior they used to like. So when that happens, identifying that and calling somebody or or using a coping skill or some type of strategy where they could get through that moment because those moments do pass. You just have to get through it and having the right tools to get through it is very important. In your experience, do you find that that desire for that rush, for that high, does that ever go away? In my experience working in the field, it does and it doesn't. It could be 20 years you're in recovery. And something occurs or something doesn't occur and a thought just goes through your mind or something reminds you of that memory or that time of you getting high or that point of your life. I would say, no, it doesn't. You don't know when it's going to come, but you do know when it's going to come. So it's a very tricky model. But like I said, just knowing and repeating and practicing your safety Net and your skills and your strategy is the best thing. Knowing where to go, who to call, what to do. Give some encouragement to someone who maybe has 
already gone through a detox program and has fallen again, has has gotten back with the, the same people, places and, and things and just feels as though, I don't know, been there, done that. And I'm just not making any headway. We always speak to our clients in a very compassionate tone. I believe that it's not our words, it's our actions at CRT that shows an individual that we support them and that we want to help them get their life back on track. I believe in immediate and swift action steps to get that individual at least safe and at peace for the night to make it to the next day. I would say with our consistency of checking in with them, saying, it's okay, I'm glad you're here. Do you want some coffee? <laughs> Do you want something to eat? Um, where are you going tonight? Where are you laying your head? Who are you going to call? Here's my phone number. One of my staff, James Lynch, he's a clinical coordinator at CRT. He often keeps his phone on at night or on weekends when he knows one of his clients is struggling and saying, hey, if you need to call me, you can call me. And I think that's that's very authentic. And that's what makes us also encouraging to our individuals that we serve. The arena that you work in in day-to-day with addiction can be very depressing in and of itself. How do you stay so positive? To tell you the truth, again, Peter, it's not something I can explain. Um, I found my calling. This is what I was made to do. And I truly believe that through my ability to bounce back, through my ability to be there, not only for the clients, for their loved ones and for my staff, I'm just able to wholeheartedly be able to do a day-to-day job. For me, I believe in venting. <laughs> that's one of my uh, that's one of my strategies I do, and I believe in venting, whether it be to myself through a car long car ride or through supervision of somebody I trust as a supervisor that was is in within the addiction field or a colleague I just believe in getting it out so it's not it doesn't stay within because some days is very tough you know getting a phone call that you know someone has overdosed getting a call that somebody got into prison again or ran away from their responsibilities or lost their children It's definitely very challenging, but I believe in the purpose and I've seen the effects of us doing what we need to be doing with that individual to change their life. And and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that I strive to provide to anyone that is in despair that needs help. Well, Casey DeRosier of Community Renewal Team's Medication Assisted Treatment, thank you so much for what you do each and every day. Certainly for taking the time to chat with us this evening on Closer Look. Before we go, though, anything we missed, anything you'd like to add? Keep trying. Keep trying. Keep surviving. And get to a point where you can live a life that you deserve or that you feel you deserve. There's always somebody there to listen. There's always somebody there to help. Keep trying. Keep knocking on doors. If your heart's beating, that means you have a purpose. So I hope that you find it and that you live a life that you've always imagined. Casey, again, thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Peter. If you would like more on my conversation with Casey DeRosier of Community Renewal Team's medication-assisted treatment, feel free to email us, closerlook at klove.com. That's closerlook at K-L-O-V-E dot com. For Closer Look, I'm Peter Kay. This has been Klove Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.